when he's back. All right. I hope. Um, okay. I think it's, yeah. Morning Pathway, my name is Rosie, as you know. Um, I'm here this morning to lead us all in a time of prayer together. So close your eyes and bow your heads. Um, dear Lord, thank you that we can come to you now and at any other time that you will be there with open arms and ears to receive our prayers and praises for you. Even before we say that you're on our minds and hearts, you already know it, Lord. Thank you, though, for giving us your undivided attention to listen to us and answer as you see fit. It's so often that we pray to you asking for things and then go about our day and forget what we asked for. I'm sure there are many times where you answer our numerous prayers and we continue in life without realising we are living the prayer that we prayed to you so many times before. For this, we are sorry. Lord, we'd like to take this moment now to reflect on a previous prayer we have prayed to you. Let us take this opportunity to think if there was a time where you did in fact answer a prayer of ours and we didn't realise or acknowledge that. So Pathway, I'd like to give you all some time now to reflect or pray to our Father or just sit quietly. Yeah, God, thank you for Pathway and Pathway Shed. Thank you for all the people who put so much time and effort into keeping it running as smooth as possible. We are just ordinary people, but you have placed gifts in each of us to bring different and special things to the team. We recognise that we can only use these gifts through you alone, providing each of us with the strength and perseverance needed. Please continue to guide us as we bring your word to the East Devonport community. Let that not stop there, but allow the word to be spread and reach hearts that are craving you. In this broken world, there is heartbreak and pain everywhere. Each of us attending Pathway has had something in our lives that is distressing or unpleasant. This might come in the form of sickness, financial hardship, relationship problems, death of a loved one, stress from work or school, the list goes on. Having these experiences in common fosters empathy between us. Help us, Lord, to be patient and loving as it is a constant battle that we all face. This is a safe place. Let this be an environment where we can ask for help and prayer from our leaders or anyone else we are comfortable with. Let us encourage each other to turn to you to take the burden off our shoulders. Lord, there are young people in this church who are reaching a pivotal time in their lives when thinking about a career path or, or the future. It's scary and unknown to what lies ahead of us in the adult world. There are new expectations, responsibilities are increased. Bank accounts seem to not look so good. Time just disappears. Things are not as easy as they once were for most. God, we pray that you are by our side as we transition into this stage of life. Give us the strength to take one day at a time and comfort us through this unknown territory. Surround us, Lord, with positive role models to create morals and boundaries for life. Open our eyes to also see the mistakes of what others around us have made. Let us learn and grow from them. Late spring, early summer is fast approaching and with that comes a sense of adventure to go outside and do things. Encourage those of us still in school to stay motivated till the end of term. Keep us focused on our study. We pray that those who are working tirelessly have the determination to endure the challenges of long shifts, difficult customers and colleagues, the never-ending workload, the extra effort required to cover for others, and all the responsibilities that come with being an adult. Such fun. <laughs> Be patient with us, Lord. We know that when we are tired and worn out, it is the best time to come to you and ask for help, but we often do the opposite. 
We can get caught up in our own little world, forgetting to praise you for all the blessing we have got and being thankful for the challenges that we face as it makes us stronger and draws us closer to you, Lord. God, you are so good. You are the unchanging and our changing world. There is so much disruption to life as we know it on earth, but thank you that you can be in, that we can be in your presence of calm and stability. You will never leave us or turn away. No amount of sin can stop you loving us unconditionally and faithfully. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that guides us and allows the deep connection with you, Lord. Continue to shape, grow, and guide us through this coming week, whatever that may look like. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right, Gabe's back. <laughs> Go for it. Good morning, Pathway. My name's Gabe, and I'm doing the Bible reading today. Uh, there's three different parts in the Bible. The first one's Genesis. Hang on. Genesis. <laughs> Genesis 1, verse 27. Here we are. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Second one is Genesis 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And the third one is Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Okay, thanks, Gabe. Um, we're a little bit into our service, so I just want to re-extend Jeremiah's invitation. If you want to stretch your legs, have a glass of water, grab a cup of coffee, tea, please feel free to do so anytime. Um, just go for it. Don't feel... Uh, yeah, don't feel odd. Just go for it. We're going to talk about time, as Jeremiah said. Last week we talked about money. There's a lot more to be said about, you know, what God wants to do with money and time in the life of his children, okay? We're just zeroing in on some aspects for two weeks, and we do this sort of every year. We try and check in on these two things about what it means to follow Jesus. So last week spoke about money, spoke particularly about giving to your local church. Today we're speaking about uh, time. And I want to start off by suggesting to you uh, a couple of insights that come from a book that we did a bit of preaching and teaching on, I think about a year ago, by a guy called John Mark Comer. He wrote a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, he, he makes a really interesting observation from Genesis. He says there are two things that are true uh, about each and every human being. It's true about you, it's true about me. Um, Pete, can you kick me off please on, on my slides? Thank you. Number one, you are created in God's image. You are created to be like God. Not God, but like God. God. It speaks of your value as a person. It speaks of your potential about what you can achieve and accomplish and grow into as a person, right? You're created in the image of God, right? Number one. Number two, you're also created <laughs> from dust. 
<laughs> One speaks of your, your potential. The other speaks of your extreme limitations and nothingness. <laughs> what you can never do or shouldn't even try to do. Your lowliness. The one speaks of your, 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 your grandness, your greatness, your dignity. The other one <laughs> speaks of your sheer humble limitations. The image of God and dust. That's what you are. Okay? Now, come with me as I just step through, I think, four responses that we can make to the issue of how we best use our time as children of God, and keep this image of, or the language of image and dust in the back of your mind, okay? I want to suggest to you that there are four different, at least four different categories of people here this morning, okay? Number one, there are some of us who, when it comes to how we use our time, we need to do more. Do more. Uh, let's be quite blunt about this. This essentially addresses an issue uh, in us of, 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 of laziness. Let's be just quite honest. We're lazy, right? Um, this category, here are some stats, just by way of example. What would that look like if I'm not actually using my time well because I'm not doing enough? I need to do more in order to live up to me being in the image of God. The average Western guy, we're told, spends about 10,000 hours video gaming before they turn 21. That's the average, which means that 50% of average Western guy spends more than that, right? Uh, the average Australian spends about 13 hours per week watching TV, according to the ABS. That's the average, which means 50% of them would be more. It's up to 26 hours for a lot of people. Uh, the average social media usage is about two hours per day for the average Aussie. The fact is, 10,000 hours on gaming, or 13 or more hours per week watching TV, or two hours per day on social media, is not going to shape you more into the image of God. <laughs> Most likely, unless it's, uh, you know, 13 hours worth of um, wonderful podcasts and sermons per week that you're watching on TV. Maybe that will, but I doubt that's what these statistics tell us, right? There's nothing inherently wrong with playing video games or watching TV or spending time on social media, but bear in mind that these things don't love you. These things and the owners and producers are not trying to shape you and make you more into the glorious image of God. Living up to your potential as a child of God. The Netflix CEO a few years ago was quite open about it, said, look, our greatest competition is sleep. We physically need to get people to sleep less and watch more of our product. That's, that's the only growth area for us. Right? God's wonderful gift sleep, that his children as his image bearers rest. So, you know, if that's you in this first category, there are more things than Netflix and social media and gaming, of course, that uh, make up poor usage of our time. 
can I encourage you, and I'm being very broad here, uh, to make some changes. Consider adjusting little things even in your life. Exercise more, read more. Consider praying with a prayer habit and, and rhythm. Consider reading your Bible. At least one session instead of gaming, read. Right? In 10,000 hours, you could probably memorize the entire New Testament. You could work your way through a master's degree in 10,000 hours. Easy. Easy. Right? <laughs> Make the changes. Right? Do, do more. And I know that's being pretty bluntly and street level. Do more. You, you, you're, you're not doing enough. You, you need to lift the game a bit. That's, that's the first response we need to make. All right? The second response is you need to do differently. Not do more, but do differently. Now, essentially, these two groups are exactly the same, but I'm, I'm separating them because, you see, there are a lot of people in our world and in our society and here in this room this morning who you'd say, these are not lazy people. They're working hard. They're not working too hard. They're also not working too little. They're certainly not wasting their time on what we in the world would consider as useless things like 10,000 hours of gaming. They're not lazy. Laziness is not the problem. You wouldn't say of this group of people that they need to do more with their time, but you do want to say that they need to do differently. How, what does that look like? right? How do I know if that's me? Well, here's maybe some tests in which you want to think to yourself. We say... Relationships is the most important thing in my life, particularly my relationship with God. That is the most valuable thing in my life. And then with my children and then with my spouse, that is what matters most to me. I believe in quality time, praying with my wife, but there's no actual tangible time in my diary where I actually do that. I believe in that, but it doesn't happen, right? Uh, I'm working hard at my job, at home, with my children, with chores, with projects. I'm not lazy, but what I value isn't actually happening. There's a disconnect between those two things. And here's a quote that's up on the screen that really stuck to me a number of years ago. This author, as a newspaper article, said... How you spend your days will determine how you spend your life. How I spend each day is going to determine, in the end, how I've spent my whole life. You see, at the end of my life, it won't be remembered what I said, what was important to me. What will be remembered is what I actually did every single day, right? And so I need to ask myself things like, and here I'm just being hypothetical and practical, there are a number of variations of this. Can I work less in my paid employment and live a somewhat more simple life in order that I have more time to spend on what actually matters to me? What I actually say is valuable. Can I say to my employer, if it's that sort of option available, of course it depends heavily on circumstances. Can I rock up an hour and a half later for work, one morning a week, unpaid, so that that morning, my wife and I are sitting down and we're reading the scriptures and we're praying 
once a week. Imagine if you do that for 52 weeks of the year, multiply by 20 years. Do you, do you imagine the difference that's going to make in your life and in your marriage? Can I say I want to just leave work one week, one day a week earlier so I can pick my children up from school and take them for a walk and ask them how they are, pray with them. Don't get paid for this, right? Can you imagine the difference that's going to make in the relationship with your children? That's stuff that you say really value. Same deal for Sundays, for, for worshipping with others, and we can multiply that over so many things. But you get my point, right? What can you change to do differently? You don't need to do more or less, but differently. Okay, but it means that mortgage won't be paid off when I'm 55 then, right? It means we won't have the next the patio ready for next summer because we can't pay for it. Again, I'll take Jeremiah's opening story. You need to ask yourself, do you want to be remembered for having paid off a mortgage at 55 or having a strong, stunning, Christ-saturated marriage? What do you want most? What matters most to you? Spend your time on what matters most, right? Do you want to celebrate your kids having risen to elite, well-paid careers or achievements and jobs because of all the financial opportunities you paid for them with all the hard 80-hour weeks that you put in? Or do you want to be satisfied that you as a parent took every opportunity to teach them Jesus yourself? You walked with them in life. Can you do differently? Because how you spend your days will determine how you spend your life. And if you can do differently, you should. And you should start now. Not next year. Well, that's when you can implement changes. Do so now. Do it. Maybe you can't, but maybe you can. And if you can, you should. It's a simple point here, right? So do more. Do differently. Third group. Do less. Some of us simply need to do less. Less at work, less at church, less at school, less at sports club, less at home, less, 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 and less. You need to realize that you are made dust. You're exceptionally limited. Way more than you think. <laughs> You're limited in your body, you're limited in your mind, you're limited in your giftings, you're limited in your personality, your circumstances and season of life. You're limited in actually what God expects of you might be far less than you think he expects of you. And above all, you're limited in time. You have 24 hours a day. You know how little that is? <laughs> it's nothing. You can hardly do more than one or two things well in a day if you want to do them well. And if you think you're above that, you are making, or you will make, at least two great mistakes. Number one, you're going to fall into great pride. Great pride in thinking, somehow, that you are the saviour of your world or your family and not Christ. It's Christ who saves and changes. Not me. 
His words to me needs to be so poignant. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You're dust. He said, yeah, but God works through people. He changes the world through people like me. Yes, he does. But you know where he does it more than anywhere else? In your limitations. In your recognition of what you can't do. And in your humility saying, look, I can only do this, but I can do this well. And I'm not going to worry about all the rest. It's, it's Jesus who needs to worry about that. Not me. right? So it's a thin line between your busyness leading you into a Messiah complex, right? Not only will you fall victim to pride, perhaps you're going to become ultimately unloving. No end of, and I'll just look at pastors here as a, as a sample, but it could be true for many Christians who are passionate and committed about living for Jesus, right? Faithless children who are bitter to Jesus in the church. <coughs> Broken relationships, hurt church members and leaders over the damage done by leaders and passionate, radical followers of Jesus who forgot that they were dust. And the people who they lead are dust, limited, who can only do so much. We're in this category, well, the response, the change is pretty simple. Discipline. Discipline to say no. Humility. And the theme that we don't have time for today is, of course, the Sabbath. Learning how to Sabbath. One of the many things the Sabbath is meant to teach us is that we're dust. Reminds us of our dustness. And that despite my dustness, everything's okay. Because God reigns and God rules and he cares. And it's in his hands, not in mine. I can rest. I can stop. I don't have to worry. I don't have to do it all because of him. You need to learn how to Sabbath if this is you. Okay. Do less, do different, do more. I'm going to wrap up now. I just want to do one more category because there is one more. There are some people here today who don't fit any of these categories. You need to do nothing. Okay? There are some who are facing severe sickness, severe stress, circumstances of severe trauma and conflict due to the season that you're in. And too often I find in my own preaching and teaching I've neglected to love you well in speaking the word to you. And you can hear all this and there's a real unhealthy sense of guilt or shame. You want to do more, but you know you can't. It's okay, brother. It's okay, sister. It's okay at times to recognize that yours is to wait. Wait upon the Lord. Remember the gospel. Remember that Christ died for the forgiveness of our sin and to make us already perfect. You already are perfect. And that's, of course, true for all the categories. You already are everything you will ever be in Christ. Nothing you do with your time will add to that. Right? That's the starting point. 
we respond to doing more, doing different or doing less because we already are children of God who now want to live like children of God and for some of us, we just need to wait. We just need to wait humbly for Christ to change circumstances in his good time. Maybe three years, maybe five, maybe ten, maybe it's your lifetime of waiting, I don't know, but there are people in that situation and I want to acknowledge you and not leave you with a sense of like I said, unhealthy guilt or shame. That's it. That's what I want to say today for time. Let me conclude by just saying this. This is one of those sermons where it's impossible to make applications for you because we're all different and we're all wrestling with different challenges. We're in different seasons of life, different circumstances. And what we need is we need... God's Spirit to guide us. To shine the light on the areas of our lives of what He wants to change. And so can I encourage you to take time this week, this day, maybe, and just pray. His promise to us in James 1 verse 5 is that if you lack wisdom about how you should use your time, you should ask God. He knows. He knows what he wants to do with you and in you. And if you ask him, the promise in James is that he will give generously to you without finding fault. He will show you. He'll give you the courage, the humility, <laughs> the patience to do what he wants you to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've given us the glorious gift of time. <laughs> it's such a precious gift. And in our fallenness and sinfulness, we confess again today that, like with most things, using it well as image bearers of you, we struggle. Father, we either do too little we do the right amount, but the wrong balance. Or we try and do too much because we don't have the courage to say no or the wisdom. Or we feel guilty because we can't just sit and wait upon you. I pray for each brother, each sister, that in this struggle or this battle, you will shine your light into what he or she needs to do. Would you redeem our time, Lord? <laughs> Would you help us to make the most of it that we truly may grow into image bearers of you? People who know just how to use the time, the best way that shines you, that glorifies you, and Lord, that satisfies us as individuals. Again, I pray, give us what we need to make the changes we need to make. We ask for it in the name of Jesus. Amen.